Proverbs chapter number 16. Verse number 18, the Bible says, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Preacher, would you ask the blessing? Amen. Thank you so much. Now, if you know anything about your Bible, then I'm sure you know the book of Proverbs was written by Solomon the Wise, and it was written as words of wisdom to his two sons. Now, if you know anything about Solomon's family, he was David's son. David had several children, and Solomon started out all right, but he didn't end up too good. But the scary thing about it is, Terry, out of all of David's children, he was the one that turned out the best. And that's saying something if you read about all of David's other children. But he had tried everything, preacher. He had done it all. Matter of fact, if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, he uses that phrase, under the sun. Because he had done it all. He had seen it all. He had tried it all. And he was writing to his two sons, preacher, because he wanted them to learn from his mistakes. Because he knew that if they did not learn from the mistakes that he had made in his life, they would be doomed to repeat the same mistakes. So here in our text, we find Solomon warning his sons about this thing called pride. Are you aware of the fact that the word pride is mentioned 46 times in the King James Bible? Did you know that the word proud is mentioned 47 times in the Bible? The word haughty, which means the same thing, is mentioned 15 times. And the word lofty is mentioned ten times. Now they're all different words, but they all mean the same thing, and it all has to do with this thing that we call pride. So if God mentioned a subject 118 times in the Scripture, I think we would do well to pay attention and see what God has to say about the subject. I'm talking about pride. Pride. What is pride? Well, to understand the meaning of the word pride, preacher, you have to understand that there's two types of pride. The first definition of the word pride, according to Webster's Dictionary, is a reasonable or justifiable respect for a person or a thing. Let me illustrate. I'm proud of my wife. I love her so much. I want everybody to know that she's mine and I'm hers. I'm proud of her. I'm proud of our church. I want everybody to know that this is our church home. Now we don't have children, but some of you have children. You're proud of your children. Some of you have grandchildren. You're proud of your grandchildren. This is a positive thing. But in the context of the scripture, that's not the definition of the word pride in the in the context that we're looking at it. No, sir. Every time you find the word pride or one of the other words that are likened to it, preacher, it's always a negative connotation. The second definition of the word pride, according to Webster, is, listen now, listen to this. This is how Webster's defined pride. The quality of having an excessively high opinion of oneself, of one's importance. I'm talking about pride, remember. It esteems self. Above others. Pride says I'm more important than anybody else. 
I'm above everybody else. I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm important. Somebody said it like this, Joanne. Somebody said that pride, people who are full of pride, their God is their self. They worship self. Pride is arrogance. It's being self-absorbed. Some call it being selfish. Some call it being self-centered. Some call it being conceited. But no matter what the terminology used to describe it, Terry, we all have to come to the same conclusion that pride comes from giving self too much thought and not enough thought to others and not enough thought to God or anybody else. And I didn't say it. I didn't define it. The preacher didn't say it. He didn't define it. God made sure to put in His Word that pride precedes destruction. The Bible was clear that a haughty spirit, a nasty attitude, always precedes a fall. So what's the Bible saying? It's saying that pride is destructive. The Bible says that pride comes before destruction. What kind of destruction, preacher? Self-destruction. Pride is self-destructed. The Bible said that when you're all wrapped up in yourself and you're full of pride, it's only a matter of time before you fall. Before you fall into self-destruction. And you're going to ruin your life because of this thing called pride. So here's what I want to preach on. I want to preach on this subject, the problem of pride. The problem of pride. Now you preachers, you can, help, you can back me up on this. You know, what's the, you know what the hard part about preaching a message like this is, preacher? Pride is an inward sin. <clears throat> it's a whole lot harder to get people to repent of inward sins than it is to get them to, com- to repent of outward sins. Let me illustrate. I can see you drinking. I can preach on it and hope you'll repent and get it right. I can see you gambling. And I can preach on it and hope you'll get it right. I can hear you cussing. I can see you running around on your husband or on your wife. I mean, I can see you doing all that stuff. That stuff I can see. But here's the problem. You can't see pride. You can't see a nasty attitude. You can't see a haughty spirit. It's something I can't see. It's something that's not visible to the naked eye. And we can't see it. But can I just remind you of one thing? God can. God can. God knows what you really are, ladies and gentlemen, on the inside. He knows how nasty your attitude is. He knows how rotten you are. He knows how rotten your thought pattern is. And if you're not careful, is everybody listening? If you're not careful, let me tell you where your haughty spirit and your nasty attitude is going to do for you. It's going to lead to destruction. It's going to lead to a fall. You're headed for heartache. That's what the Bible said, preacher. So I just want to help you tonight. What's the big deal, preacher? What's what's so wrong with being wrapped up in yourself? What's so bad about this nasty, arrogant, haughty attitude that we call pride? The problem is you're headed for trouble. That's what the problem with it is. So I just want to show you some evidence. Can I just give you some evidence tonight of some people who have a problem with pride? And we'll do something else. Number one, I'll tell you the first evidence of pride, Brother Terry. It's rebellion towards authority. Rebellion towards authority. 
Who was it, preacher, that was the first person to ever be guilty of this sin called pride? i tell you who it was. The first person who ever committed the sin of pride was none other than Satan himself. How do I know that? Isaiah 14 says this, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which, which didst weaken the nations? Watch this now. That's what it says. For thou hast said in thine heart... I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the Most High. You know what that tells me, Richard Good? That tells me pride is straight out of hell is what the Bible tells me. The devil wanted to be above God, Dave. He, he, he thought he could run things better and pride led him into rebellion against God's authority. And because of pride, it led him to rebel. And you know the rest of the story. The devil fell from heaven and he was no longer an angel. He was a fallen angel. He became Lucifer. He became Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. I said pride causes people to rebel against authority. We're living in days where people don't respect the police anymore. They protest and they raise hell, and they break stuff, and they steal, and they call it looting. It's still stealing, by the way. Yeah. Kids don't want to respect, and, and they don't want to yield to the authority of their teachers and their principals at school. Uh, matter of fact, if you discipline a child at school now, mom and daddy are going to be at the school the next day pitching a, uh, pitching a hell fit because you told little Johnny or little Susie to sit down and shut up. And they're teaching them, preacher, not to have respect for authority. Don't let this offend you. But we live in days where women want to wear the breeches at home, preacher. Uh, They don't want to submit to their husband. They don't want him to lead and direct the home. They don't want him to be the priest of the home. And what's it led to? It's led to what is wrong with society, Doretta. That's exactly what it's done. Why is everything so backwards, preacher? Why is everything so messed up? It's because of pride. People are full of pride. They're conceited. They're wrapped up in their self. And they'll clench their fist. And they'll grit their teeth. And they'll stand up to you in your face. And they'll say, you're not going to tell me what to do. That's what they'll do. It's pride. It's pride. Pride will cause you to rebel against authority. Now let me just help you, preacher. Do you know why some people aren't going to stay with you? Do you know why some people are going to check out on you? It's because when this word's preached, they receive instruction. They receive correction. And they can't stand it. Uh, They don't want anybody telling them what they should do. They don't want anybody telling them what they shouldn't do. And that includes the preacher. And that includes God Himself. Now here's what the Bible said. Here's what the Bible said, Psalm 10.4. The Bible said that the wicked, because of their pride, would not, would not... Seek God. Then it goes on to say that God wasn't even in their thoughts, preacher. No wonder our society's so messed up. No wonder this old world's so godless and so wicked and so reprobate. It's because man has got so full of self. Man kneels at the altar and worships self. It's because of pride. It's because of arrogance. It's because of self-absorption. And God isn't anywhere near their thought pattern. What happened to the morals of a nation, preacher? What happened to family values? 
What happened to people having a conscience? Now listen, I'm not that old. But I, why are you laughing about that? I'm so sorry. Why don't you get up here and help me finish? I rem- I'm not that old. But I remember a time preacher when even lost people have a, had a conscience. I remember a time when even people who didn't go to church, people who laid sot drunk, people who lied, damn, steal, cheat, played the lottery, all that stuff, they still had a conscience. What's happened to that? I'll tell you what happened to that. People got full of pride. People got full of self. Uh, They decided, well, nobody going to tell them what to do. And because they got so wrapped up in their self, they forgot God. That's exactly what happened. They say God's for the weak-minded. They say faith is for the weak. They say faith is for the impressionable. They say preachers are manipulators who want people to feel guilty to keep the church doors open. And they say we don't need God. But I just want to remind you, God don't need us, but we sure do need Him. It's pride. Pride leads to rebellion against authority. Number two. I'll tell you another way I can tell somebody's guilty of pride. It's when there's a rejection of accountability. Is everybody listening? Listen, don't bow up on me yet. We still got a good ways to go. I'm talking about a rejection of accountability. Here's what pride will do for you. Pride will never let you say things like this, preacher. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I misunderstood. I didn't mean to say that. I lost my temper. Is everybody listening? I I should have listened instead of talking. Pride won't let you say stuff like that. I'll tell you what pride will do. Pride will make excuses. Pride will justify what you're doing even when you know it's wrong. Let me tell you where a lot of our people are missing it. Excuse me. You see somebody in sin, preacher, and, and you try to confront it, and you try to preach on it. I mean, you're just trying. We don't preach just to get up here and hear our head roar. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is everybody okay? <laughs> I know sometimes it seems like it, but just trust me on this. And if you think it's easy, bless God, get up here and get you a dose of it. We don't preach to hurt people, preacher. No, we preach to help people. Amen. And man, when you're trying to help, you're just trying to help them, man. And, 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 they'll, and they'll bow up on you every time and they'll say stuff like this. They'll say, well, I don't see anything wrong with it. God help. I don't feel convicted of it. Can I just tell you something? If it was a commandment in the beginning, it's a commandment still today. And whether or not you feel convicted of it is irrelevant. That doesn't change the law of God. I'm talking about no accountability. They'll never own up to the fact, preacher, that they made a mistake. Amen. They'll never admit that they are the problem. They'll never agree that they are in the wrong. Oh, no, sir. No, no, no. Not in a million years. I heard, it, I heard somebody say it like this. I liked it. I thought it was funny. He said he was preaching one Sunday morning on loving your enemies. And, and he was trying to make a point in the message. And he said, is there anybody here who doesn't have any enemies? 
And a little 98-year-old lady in the very back raised her hand. And that kind of took him aback, you know. He was surprised. And, and, and he said, come up here. He said, ma'am, you mean to tell me that you don't have any enemies whatsoever? And she said, that's right. He said, how? How is that possible that you don't have any enemies? She said, it's real simple. I outlived all them buzzards. Now we can laugh about that and smile about it, but it's the truth. Some of us are still all been out of shape towards people that have been dead an awful long time and they've been in the grave a long time, but we still refuse to accept responsibility. And we still refuse to move on with our lives. What is it? What's the problem, preacher? It's pride. You remember it was David. And I don't criticize David. Uh, God said a whole lot of things about David that he'll never say about me. It was David who thought he'd gotten by with his sin with Bathsheba. And Nathan come and he told him the story of the ewe lamb. And you know the story, David got fighting mad. I mean, he was filled with wrath. And all along... Nathan had been talking about David the whole time and he couldn't see it. He was talking about David and David could not see it. But here's the problem. Some people are never going to admit they're wrong, preacher. Some people are never going to admit that they've made a mistake. They say they're saved. I said they say they're saved, but I'm sorry is nowhere in their vocabulary. There's something wrong with that, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, my God, let's just own up to it. I mean, we're supposed to be mature, right? Being mature means that you admit your mistakes. I mean, you try to make it right, and then you move forward. I mean, we get so full of pride, preacher. We don't want to accept accountability. I say to you, accountability is a good thing. Accountability is a good thing. Well, anyhow, people who are proud, they... They reject accountability. Number three, excuse me. I'll tell you another evidence of somebody that's full of pride. Oh, Lord, God help. We're going to get in some trouble here. They're always responding with an argument. Here's what Proverbs 13.10 said. Only by pride. Only by pride cometh contention. You know what I see right there? I see somebody that likes to argue. You see somebody that likes to argue? They've got a pride problem. I mean, bless God, argue about everything. Yeah. You ever heard this expression? The old folks used to say this a lot. They'd say, well, they'd argue with the signpost and they'd take the wrong road home. Yeah. Y'all heard that expression? I, I, I mean, argue about every stupid stupid thing. I mean, they just love to argue. They just want to start arguments. They know what statements to make around what certain people just so they can start a fight. They know what... We used to call them instigators. Wanting to pick a fight. Wanting to start trouble. And they thrive on that. I'm just going to tell you, that's a pride problem. Now look, I don't argue. I don't argue. If all you want to do is argue and debate, just leave me alone. Just leave me. Don't you bother me with that. I've got a baseball bat and a can of mace. You better leave me alone. I I mean, I'll walk off and leave you standing, Joanne. I I won't argue with you. You can be wrong all you want to. I won't lose a bit of sleep. We got a few slow learners back here. They'll get that tomorrow. 
But I'm not going to argue with anybody. But I'll tell you one thing. Some of us are so good at arguing, I'm almost impressed. I mean, don't let me lose you. Stay with me now. I mean, they always got a comeback, preacher. They always got something to say. I, I mean, I always start in trouble. I, I, let, me, let me illustrate it to you like this. A man and his wife, they were arguing one day, preacher, and he said, I just don't know how you can be so stupid and be so beautiful at the same time. She said, oh honey, that's easy. God made me beautiful so you'd love me, and He made me stupid so I'd love you. <laughs> hey, it's funny to talk about, but if all you want to do is pick a fight and stir up trouble, shame on you. There's something wrong with somebody who always wants to start something. I mean nitpicking, looking for something. Now listen, if you're looking for faults, you don't have to look far. But it's a pride problem. It's pride. Pride is the cause of that. Here's what Paul said, 1 Timothy 6. He said, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, listen to what he said now, he's proud. And then this is what Paul said. Pay attention. 1 Timothy 6, go home and read it for yourself. He's proud, knowing nothing. Knowing nothing. And then Paul goes on to say, From such, withdraw thyself. Paul said, look, that crowd that always wants to be contrary and argue about everything, they've got a pride problem. They don't know anything is what Paul said. And this is what Paul said. Let them go. Turn them loose. Don't fellowship with them. That's what Paul said. That's what, that's, listen, that's in the Bible. I didn't make that up. I said that to say this. I still believe in church discipline. Don't let me lose you right here. But I still believe when people come in, preacher, and they cause problems and they create chaos, if they won't fix it, and they won't get it right, if all they want to do is start a fuss and create problems, I mean, by all means, absolutely yes, you ought to exhaust every effort to help them get it right. You ought to exhaust every effort to help help them and, and, and try to reach them and see if they'll get it right. But if that crowd won't get it right and all they want to do is create drama and cause foolishness, I still believe it's biblical, it's in the Bible, it's in the, it's in the King James Bible to church them. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. both... Let me help you right there. We voted you in with you sitting here. Yeah. We'll vote you out with you sitting here. It's biblical. Is everybody okay? Church discipline's biblical. Amen. But I've never seen such arrogance amongst church people, preacher. Church people in our time are arrogant. I get in more junk on Facebook. Della, don't say nothing. Because every time I mention Facebook, she starts on me. I get in more junk on Facebook. They get on Facebook, preacher, and they they see one little thing that they don't like. And instead of scrolling on... They've got a comment. Oh, yeah. And they've got to get on there and write a big long paragraph and start an argument. <laughs> they can't help themselves, it All seems right. like. Uh, let me just help you. Can I help you? Is everybody listening? Yeah, come on. Everybody with Facebook listening? 
The next time you go to respond to something that you don't like on Facebook and you feel your blood pressure rising up and you feel that vein in your temple starting to pound, just know you're in the flesh. You need to let it go. You need to just let it go. Scroll on. Listen, life is too short and God is too good. Scroll on and enjoy your life. Only Only by pride cometh contention. That's what the Bible said. Pride motivates people to argue, preacher. It motivates them to start that junk. You remember in the book of 3 John, there was a man named Diotrephes. And may I say, Terry, every church has got one just like him, at least one. John said this, Diotrephes loved to have the preeminence among the church. He loved the preeminence. That means he was full of pride. He was wrapped up in himself. He he thought he was better than everybody else. Now think about this. John the Beloved, the disciple that Jesus loved. I, I don't want you to miss this. Get this. It was the same John that Jesus gave the care of his mother over to when he was dying on the cross. We're talking about that John. We're talking about the John uh, that wrote the book of Revelation. We're, We're talking about that John. Okay? Is everybody okay? But even he wasn't good enough for Diotrephes. Now let that sink in for just a minute. Diotrephes was so spiritual. Emphasis on the... Diotrephes was so spiritual that even John the Beloved wasn't good enough for him, preacher. And now we don't know what Diotrephes' position in the church was, but I'll tell you what his ministry was. It was always hollering at people. It was always creating problems. Time out. I'm convinced, preacher, that some people's spiritual gift is criticism. I'm I'm convinced of that. I I mean, they never have anything positive to say. It's always downing something. I I mean, the lights in the room ain't bright enough or it's too bright. The sound's too loud. It's not loud enough. Is everybody okay? It's too hot in the room. It's too cold in the room. They sang too many songs. They didn't sing enough uh, enough songs. I'm just convinced that some people, that's their spiritual gift. Criticism. Listen, I, I go back to Bambi. If you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Listen. I'm going to help you. I'm going to get real spiritual here for just a second. Let me just help you. If you don't have anything positive to say, shut up. Whatever. How come people don't help you preach like they help me preach? Evidently, you don't need to help. I want to thank you for that, dear. That made you lose all I, any, right, gone, gone. What was I talking about? I was talking about critical people. Yeah. He was, thank you, dear. I, I'm convinced, preacher. I'm convinced. But can I tell you, nothing will split a church quicker. Nothing will split a church down the middle quicker than a few people who get full of pride, they get a critical spirit, and they want to start problems. Let me say this, and i got to move on. I, I can say this honestly. 
you preachers can probably back me up on this. I've never seen a church split when it wasn't because somebody was full of pride. Now that's, that's from the pulpit to the pew. Hey, I've seen preachers get full of pride too. Now listen, just because we preach and carry a King James Bible don't mean we're above this. Yeah, come on, I'm talking about from the pulpit to the pew. I've seen pride absolutely rip a church in half, preacher. And because they had to have the last word. Because somebody had to start trouble. They had to have their way or no way. And the church split right down the middle, busted wide open. Well, i got to move on. Pride leads you, will lead to always responding with an argument. Number four. Well, I showed you three evidences of somebody with a pride problem. But let me just take just a minute. It's, it's worth talking about. Let me show you the effect. Let me show you real quickly what's so bad about pride. Number four, real quickly, let me show you the ruin of arrogance. What did we read? The Bible says that pride causes destruction. Pride will ruin your life. Pride is fixing to set you up for a fall and the devil's getting ready to make a fool out of you. You don't believe that? Well, let me give you some scripture. What about James 4, 6? But he, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Let me just say, I need grace. I don't need God to resist me. I need grace. You do too, by the way, whether you realize it or not. Psalm 12, 3, The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaketh proud things. What about Proverbs eleven two, 2 where it says, When pride cometh, then cometh shame. What about Proverbs 29, 23 where it says, A man's pride shall bring him low. What are you getting at, Brother Chris? I'm just trying to tell you that pride will ruin your life. You, you go ahead. You get real puffed up. You get real conceited. You get wrapped up in yourself. You just go right ahead. You just think you're so much better than everybody. Oh, you're so holy. You're so much more holy than everybody else. You're so much more spiritual than everybody else. But let me warn you something, friend. Let me, let me just tell you what's going to happen. You're headed for disaster. Here's the problem. God knows exactly what it will take to cut you down to size. God knows exactly what it's going to take to humble you. And I say to you, don't get to a place in your life where God has to break you. Please don't get to a place where you've gone so far that God has to humble you. It's not right. It's not becoming of a child of God preacher to be haughty and to be arrogant and to have a nasty attitude. No, sir. It's much more blessed to be humble. Amen? Amen. You better get real close to Jesus, friend. You better repent. You better stay humble. You better get self out of the way. Because if God has to humble you, I promise you, when God has to humble you, it's going to hurt you more than you ever imagined. Some of us have a pride problem, preacher. And one of these days, God's going to jerk the rug out from underneath us. And He's going to show us exactly who we are and who He is. And I'm so sorry. But it's going to hurt. And your life will never be the same. Your life will never be the same. 
after God has to break you. I'd hate to think that I got so conceited, Terry, and I got so full of myself that I let a nasty attitude lead me away from having correct fellowship with God. And then I turned right around, preacher, and I let that same nasty attitude ruin my life. That's the ruin of arrogance. Here's what I'm after, and I'm finished. I tell you what, let's stand with our heads bowed. I'm talking about the problem of pride. So what are we going to do? I mean, are we going to just sit here and we're going to act like we're innocent and, and, and nothing I said applied in your life tonight? Can I just be honest with you? Before I could bring this to you tonight, I had to repent. Because God showed me some places in my life, preacher, when I, I was just a little bit too big for my britches. You know what I'm talking about? So what about you? What's your life like? You got a pride problem? Are you guilty of pushing others down in order to pull yourself up? Uh Hey, what about this? Have you had a nasty attitude lately? Have you been critical lately? Have you been saying more negative things than you have been saying positive things? God forbid, preacher, and I say that with with all sincerity. God forbid that this great church ever splits down the middle because of something as stupid as pride. God forbid. But I'm going to tell you something. If we're not careful, it'll sneak in here, it'll slip in here, and it'll destroy this church. It will absolutely, literally tear down everything we've worked for here. Everything that God's done here will be destroyed because of pride. Now's the time to fix it, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get right. It's time to fix it. Please, we got to get it right or pride's going to ruin our life. Pride's going to destroy this church. I I say to you, don't let pride get in here, ladies and gentlemen. Please don't go so far that God has to humble you. I'm talking about pride. Pride. A nasty attitude. A bad spirit. So what are we going to do? about the problem of pride. Father, Lord, I hope something that was said, something, Lord, reached somebody. Lord, something was done to help your people. Lord, pride is a problem, Lord. It's everywhere. It's running rampant. And God, I just pray you'd forgive us. Lord, please don't let pride sneak in here amongst us. Lord, because I've seen firsthand what pride can do. God, I pray you just forgive us, Lord. Help us. Help us to stay humble. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen.